You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 211, and I'm your host, Tom Gallo. This edition of the podcast features an interview with Zach, Nestel, Pat, and Tasha Abbott of the Los Angeles-based Dream Gaze band No Swoon. We're quite familiar with this talented duo from their days as a Brooklyn outfit, but last year, Nestel, Pat, and Abbott made the trek westward, but not before hanging in a bit of pandemic-induced limbo. After the onset of COVID-19 canceled their March 2020 tour, the two bounced around a bit, ultimately settling in Western Massachusetts to write and record their new record, Take Your Time. As an album, Take Your Time sees the band exploring more ethereal and serene-sounding textures while shifting their lyrical focus to more introspective themes. During our interview, we chatted all about the new record, including the dream that inspired the song Beside, how their songwriting process has evolved since their 2019 debut, what inspired the change in their lyrics and sound, and much more. Plus, Zach and Tasha picked some awesome records, including choice cuts from Angel Olsen, Broadcast, and Sharon Van Etten. We also swapped some pretty cool stories about our real-life encounters with our indie rock heroes. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look At My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look At My Records website, where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. All right, I'm here with my friends, Tasha and Zach. So good to see both of you. It's been a really long time since I've seen you. We've spoken over the last couple of years, but like I actually haven't seen the two of you in quite a long time. So it's really good to see you. How are you? Yeah, it's so good to see you too. We're doing all right. It's been, oh my gosh. I feel like we haven't seen anybody in so long. (laughs) The last time we saw you was probably our album release show for the first record end of November 2019 yeah November 2019 yeah it's so funny because I was thinking the same thing right before we got on this call I was saying I think the last time I saw the two of you was your album release show because then three months later was COVID and shit I remember we were all planning going to South by Southwest you're gonna you're gonna play the showcase I was putting on and all that stuff and it was gonna be fun yeah but so it's great to see both of you. Yeah. We were just at South by and we, we ran into a bunch of friends from New York and it was the same thing. It was like the last time we saw them was that same show. Cause we, we, we haven't been back in New York from since then. That was the last time we were in New York. Yeah. I know you both like hit the road and I definitely want to talk about your adventures. Cause I remember you're kind of like, bumping around to different places during the <laughs> pandemic, right? 
Yeah. yeah. Like bouncing <laughs> around, right? Oh, yeah. But before we before we dive into that, though, because I definitely am curious to hear about all that, just like how, how did this last string of gigs go? Uh, you know, I, I, you finally got to go to South by Southwest. I know, Tasha, unfortunately, you got COVID. Very sorry to hear that. And I know you couldn't go to Tree Fort and you had to pull out of a couple of gigs. But how did this string of dates go? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was only a couple of dates. We actually only played two shows thanks to lovely COVID. Um, but Damn. the shows were so much fun. Oh my gosh. It felt so good to be back and the showcases were great. So many people seeing so many old friends and new friends. Um, it was just so great to play for people again. Did you get to do your monthly residence? Because I remember you had a residency scheduled in Los Angeles, right? And then that was right around the time that there was a big uptick in cases. And I remember you had to postpone it. I remember I was putting on a couple of shows around that time too, and I had to postpone them. Did you get to play that yet or? Not yet, but that'll start in May. Exciting, very exciting. And where's that gonna be at? That's at Silver Lake Lounge. Very exciting, that's awesome. So. To backtrack a couple of years, though, <laughs> since we're talking future now, let's talk past a little bit, because you mentioned that right after the pandemic started, you know, you canceled a bunch of tour dates, as everyone did. And then you started kind of moving around a little bit. You settled in a couple of different Airbnbs. I, re- I remember kind of vaguely you guys doing this. What, what was that like? Where did you wind up going and what were you what were you doing? Well, <sighs> So when the pandemic hit, we were on tour. We'd done two dates of a 30-date tour. Yeah. Um, and we had subletted our New York place for like the full extent of when we were going to be gone, which was like three months or something. Um, so we didn't like have an apartment to go back to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we like landed at my parents' house in Western Mass for a bit and then found this like cabin on a farm in Western Mass. And then back with family and then a family friend had to like travel so we went up to maine and um house sat and dog sat that dog was real cute yeah that dog was real cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then sort of uh, in between this we sort of decided that we wanted to move to la um so we like our stuff all, all of our stuff was sort of in storage at this point um, so we just kind of moved to L.A. and that was, you know, where we are now. Yeah, when the pandemic seemingly was uh, getting better back in July last year, when there was like a nice downtick, is when we were like, all right, well, let's go ahead and make the move. And here we are. Awesome. How are you enjoying Los Angeles? What it's What has it been like being a band in L.A.? Oh boy, it feels like we're just getting started um, yeah. and and just kind of gearing up to be a band again. Um, but LA is great. I mean, we had spent three months here. Well, I'm from very near to here, so it's nice yeah, to be from, back yeah. Yeah, and closer to family. But um, we had both spent about three months here before we were going to take off for that tour in 2020. And oh man, the people were so great. The... Um, scene the music scene was wonderful i mean everybody's super nice the bands are super rad um which was one of the reasons we were like oh maybe maybe la is a place to be so 
we're here now. We like been out to a couple shows and starting to see some of those people again. Um, and just really excited to start playing. We've only played one show in LA since we were back and it was so bizarre because we had barely rehearsed in like after two years <laughs> and we were quite rusty, but, um, and it just felt weird cause it was still like COVID and we weren't sure if it was like right to do and whatnot, but now it feels like at least people are still somewhat taking precautions um, and things are starting to get a little bit better. So I don't know, stoked to jump back in for sure. This new record, though, is awesome. Also kind of different sounding from your debut. I know you ultimately recorded most of this record in Western Massachusetts, right? What was it like recording that album in that setting? I, I feel like it was probably kind of like an idyllic setting and do you think that's kind of reflected in the sound of the album i don't know if it was if it's reflective in the sound why we recorded it there was um my this was recorded at my parents house and they were leaving for what three or four months like three months three months to go to my (laughs) sister who was having a kid uh so we had like this large open space to you know, have access to. And we moved out of this like place we were um, renting on, on this farm. And we we're like, okay, well we have these months, like we might as well see how far we can go in making a record. Um, but we had like a, like this, you know, start date and this end date. So we just kind of like worked on it as much as we could during that time and pushed it as far as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think we'd ever like planned or really wanted to make a record there. It was just, you know, we have the time and nothing else to do and might as well see see what happens with it. Mm-hmm. I think the, the different sound comes m- more from uh, like the impact of doing nothing every day and having a bunch of maybe too much time to, to think and... With nowhere to go. And nowhere to go. <laughs> and no, nobody else to see. Yeah. We- <laughs> We were very alone throughout the pandemic, not being in proximity to any really one we knew or or whatever. Yeah, massive time of like massive time of reflection and like, I don't know, it was the beginning of the pandemic. So everybody didn't really know what was going on and everyone was kind of scared. And um, I don't know, I was super sad because of, you know, we both left our jobs to do that tour um, that got canceled and I'm sure a lot of people did. Um, so it was kind of, you know, it was a scary, depressing time. And I feel like that definitely made us just be a little bit more introspective and thoughtful and kind of question everything, um, which definitely is, are like the main themes of the record, I think. Yeah. It's interesting though, cause the, I felt like the overall message, though, was one of acceptance almost, right? You had spoken about that, how you're confronted with maybe doubt or reflecting back on how you thought things were going to turn out. And then you're kind of pivoting away from, you know, feeling bad about that and kind of just accepting the path that life took you down. What what led to kind of that shift in perspective for you? I think after so much reflection, I mean, 
you know, we weren't unhappy with where we were. Like, obviously, we really love playing music and writing music and doing what we're doing. Um, but it was just kind of funny to, like, think back in the past. and like, I don't know. I wanted to be a Broadway star before <laughs> back in the day. And it, this <laughs> is quite different from that. Um, but that ultimately and potentially just, like, a happier person and feel more, like, true to myself doing something like this. Um, so it's that kind of acceptance. And, yeah, not to be a, like, I don't know, super silly about it, but, you know, like, you just don't know what's going to happen in life, basically. We're all very confident uh, in our bedrooms when we're eight about what we want to be and what our life will look like. And I think there's, like, a general trajectory of, you know, confidence to, to arrogance, to frustration, to acceptance as you grow and mature and sort of realize... Um, you know, maybe those, those dreams and, you know, it's not, I mean, there's nothing wrong if you, if you do, you know, become the astronaut that you hope to be. That's a beautiful thing, but <laughs> there's, uh, there's absolutely nothing. Space is overrated. Though. <laughs> I agree. Totally overrated. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, th- th- there's nothing wrong with finding happiness a, a different way. And I think, you know, we're, we're a little bit older. We started this band when we were a little bit older. Uh, and you know, we're not selling out Madison Square Garden yet. <laughs> uh, but you know, so like, so what? We're like, we get to make music. We get to have friends that make cool stuff and work and do cool stuff. We, you know, like everything is pretty cool. I'm still like making music. Yeah, it's great. You're making good music, putting on great live shows too. I always enjoyed at seeing the two of you play live, very engaging and fun. I did want to talk about a little more about the kind of shift in sound. You know, I feel like on the debut, there were these like really big, hard hitting guitar moments on some of the tracks, like Don't Wake Up, Wake Up, On and On and Faces. And I feel like on this record, the vibe is overall more calming, ethereal and dreamier. Like, especially on Don't Wake Up, Wake Up, like the way it starts, it feels like so urgent the way it starts. And like, this is feels more relaxed and calming. So just curious, were you conscious of that kind of overall shift in how this record was going to sound while you were making the record? And what do you think you mainly attribute that change to? I don't know if we were uh, conscious of it as in like set out to do that but i think we were aware yeah that what we're making sounded different mm-hmm. i mean that that first record came out sort of in in the throes of um like a very heated political time um totally mm-hmm. and i i think that that music sort of comes from that point of <clears throat> of anger and and frustration and you know i mean it's not like this record came out and everything is solved um yeah but it's just about different things. Yeah, it, it's about different things and um, telling it a different story and from a, a, a different emotional place. Yeah, I thought like such a great example, two great examples of the contrast you could see from the two records or just the way the debut starts with uh, Don't Wake Up, Wake Up. You know, like I said, that kind of like urgent beginning that's like really building up where you feel like 
something really intense is going to happen the way it starts. And, and then the, the start of uh, this record, Take Your Time, is this kind of beautiful, floaty, really serene sounding song to start the record. So to, to like see how the first record started and listen to how this record starts, it's, it's like very different. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, it's super different. And I think it's interesting because like ultimately we always want to kind of create a world for the listener and both versions of that like kind of suck you in pretty immediately. At least I hope they do. Um, but as you're yeah. saying, just in a totally different way. Yeah. And I love that B-side, the second single, Beside, is a sequel to Don't Wake Up, Wake Up, a song from the first song on your self-titled debut. Tasha, they chronicle a like two or three part dream that you had. So just tell us a little bit about the song and how you feel that that song kind of captured the dream you were having, specifically sonically, because I did feel like when I wrote about this song, I felt like the don't wake up, wake up portion of the dream was really like some shit's going down. And then <laughs> yeah. beside was like, okay, stuff is kind of settling and now calming down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I have very wild sci-fi vivid dreams um, pretty much on the daily. And this one in particular, you're exactly right. It started off um, me driving on this highway kind of post-apocalyptic world. Um, and sometimes my highways are like, look like roller coasters, like they'll go upside down and or swerving like crazy. And then it came to this um, break, like there was like an explosion or something and you couldn't drive anymore. So all of that was like very chaotic. And then a lot of people ended up, including myself, getting off and starting like walking towards this like mountain hill area. Um, and upon that, there were these like stones that you'd step on that light up um, and so all of that is in Don't Wake Up because it's all like, well, this is crazy. What's going on? This yeah. is weird. <laughs> um, and then ultimately in the dream, we get to part of the mountain where there's like this cave type thing and you open these massive doors and it's just like beautiful, calming, but also kind of eerie. Um, everybody looks the same, which is why they're like, I see myself beside myself. Everybody is just kind of looks exactly the same, dressed the same. Ultimately ended up being um, a cult that was just trying to keep people there. <laughs> and uh, luckily, I, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe there's a third song. I'll let you know if I found my way out or not. <laughs> Gotta get back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> But that definitely was this kind of like meditative calming, but still something's like not quite right vibe of Beset. Tell me a little bit about Wait to See. That's the third single from the new record. And it's written, Tasha, from, I guess, the perspective of you talking to your younger self. I was wondering what you specifically had in mind when you were writing that track. Yeah, we wrote that one um, together, really kind of put together both of our like past childhood teenage experiences, um, just kind of thinking about, as we talked about earlier, you know, what our dreams were 
back when we were, I don't know, 14, 15. Um, and there are some references to a street that I would walk to to get to high school, my high school. Um, and then ultimately, you're just telling yourself, like, you know, don't worry, you'll like, it'll be okay, you'll be fine. You might not end up in the same place, but you have to wait and, and find out, you know, we can't actually go back and tell ourselves that. So I don't know if you have something, <laughs> something else to add to that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think that that pretty much covers it. Um, <clears throat> sonically, it, it started out as this sketch we made that was like a LCD sound system sort of dance banger um, that it very much moved away from that. But we, we kind of like this idea of this like, um, like deeply reflective uh, thing that, you know, you, you can really sort of get lost thinking about, but sort of hidden in this um, sort of dancey, upbeat, upbeat vibe to sort of op obfuscate maybe the, the thoughts or, or let you float on that. So in addition to you producing the record, I noticed that Jonathan Smith and Charles Van Kirk also provided some additional production at what point in the process did they come into the fold and what were some of their their contributions to the record uh the we we did a tour with john february 2020 up the coast up the west coast um and just really liked him and and he's great and he lives here in la and he's a drummer drummer yeah <laughs> and he has a, a studio here so we we knew when we were recording this that we couldn't get into a studio with a drummer uh yeah well where we were or or even like in in new york or go anywhere else so we um john was kind of the perfect fit because he uh you know knew us knew what we were about and, and had his own studio and um basically did this like a remote session recording drums and uh we just like did a bunch of ideas we were all just kind of like throwing percussion and drum ideas around um and y yeah that was sort of what what we did with John, and then Charlie uh, helped sort of dig through this big mountain of percussion and drum overdubs, um, and uh, sort of put some maybe form into this, or, or just help dig through the pile of of audio files that we had that uh, we we were struggling to make sense of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think throughout the whole process we were also just kind of bouncing ideas um about the songs in general off of both of them has your songwriting process changed at all when you compare how the debut album came together uh, a little bit actually so the debut album we really sat in a room together and wrote everything together um every single song just kind of started out as like a a jam basically um this time around was tricky um we had started some songs in LA in 2020 just some sketches and um and then once we settled down to Zach's parents place um I mean to be quite honest I really didn't want to write I didn't want to pick up the guitar I was like super depressed yeah. I didn't want to do anything um, and Zach's kind of the complete opposite where he, in order for like him to get through everything, like he needs something to do and to work on. 
So Zach started um, sketching out some things and then ultimately I picked up the guitar again and um, sometimes it would just be me and a guitar and I would just kind of write out the basis of the song and get some lyrics down um, and sometimes it was Zach's sketches that we then like produced and then yeah came together and, and kind of arranged everything together. Do you, do you normally write on guitar, Tasha? Because I know you you only started playing guitar like maybe like six or seven years ago, right? So you played yeah. something else before the guitar. Do you write on other instruments or? Um, mainly guitar, although the title track, Take Your Time, I wrote on a piano that was in a space we were renting out here in L.A. Um, I don't play piano at all. But uh, it's just such a beautiful instrument. I was so gravitated towards it. Um, but yeah, the rest are mainly written on guitar or through sketches of um, drums and synths that Zach had written. So given the change in energy on this album, as I mentioned, has more of a calming, floaty vibe to it. Do you see yourselves adjusting your or adapting your live show to that at all, because your live shows for the first record were really intense and really captured the energy of that record. Do you see yourselves like adjusting your live show at all to kind of the vibe and feel of this album? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm kind of like, we'll see, right. We've only played a handful of these new yeah. songs live. Um, but yeah, I kind of hope to offer both because I still really love rocking out to our older songs. Um, we want to take you on a journey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. A rocking one and a chill one as yeah. well. <laughs> so during the pandemic, you put out two awesome zines, one of which I was really honored to be featured in. So thank you so much. Uh, what made you want to put out those two zines and are you planning on doing any others? That idea came about uh, just from like how bummed we were when we didn't tour. Um, so the idea was like, well, what if we did like a virtual tour? And, you know, because I mean, the best part about touring uh, is like meeting other bands and cool people who are doing cool stuff who, you know, tell you about the cool restaurant near the venue in some city. Um, and that social aspect is like just so beautiful. And, you know, to do that city after city for a stretch is really is really cool. And we missed it because our, our tour got canceled. So the idea was like, well, what if we did that in like an online format or a written format? So we sort of went back through everyone we're going to play with, um, either presenters, venues, other bands. Um, you know, we, we were going to work together on the South by Southwest show. And we did this like canceled tour, the zine uh, and interviewed all the people that we were, were going to meet and and hang with. Uh, and it was a really cool experience and super fun and sort of gave us something new to learn uh, and, and do. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't think either of us have ever put something like that together before. But it was kind of cool just to do something different creatively that didn't really have anything to do with music besides the fact that you're talking about it. Um, and yeah, just like offered us to like learn new skills and just kind of like, I don't know, be free of, oh, this song has to be good or 
whatever the pressures yeah. are to create that album. And this is like, well, we don't know what we're doing anyway, so it doesn't really matter how it turns out. We're just having fun with it. And then, as Zach said, we were like able to connect with everyone still. And, and it was cool. Everybody really liked the first one. And, you know, we had donated the proceeds to Neva at the time to help out venues during the pandemic. Um, and so then as the pandemic continued and wasn't going to be ending anytime soon, we were like, well, let's do another one. Reached out to other bands and people that we like would love to meet in the future. Um, yeah. And it was, it was super fun. And we'd love to do more. We'd love to do more. There, yeah. <laughs> there is a special, uh, <laughs> lyric zine, um, that goes along with our cassette release via the nothing song. Um, it may be sold out or maybe not. I don't know. It's like the first 20 or so people will, will get that special lyric scene. Oh, I hope I was one of them. I, I pre-ordered it pretty quick. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. Very yeah. happy. Awesome. <laughs> I'm looking at the band camp right now and I see my little photo. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you got it. I think I I think I made the first 20, number seven. Awesome. Very happy about that. That's great. I'm very excited. I love listening to cassettes. Uh, so I'm excited to put this one in my cassette deck when it arrives. What songs from the record are you most excited to play live? Hmm. That's a good question. I really like playing Wait to See. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, I know I I would say I really like playing Beside, but of course I wrote like the hardest guitar part for myself. <laughs> so <laughs> that one is a little tricky for me, but getting there. Um, I really like playing Again. I think that's a really fun one. I'm and excited to play Then Again. That's one of my favorite songs from the record. How do you see yourselves? Because like, as we've kind of talked about the kind of shift in mood between the two records, so many songs on the debut were so like intense and really was reflected in your live show. You know, Tasha shredding super hard, you playing the synth like super hard as well. You know, so it was like really, really fun that uh, record release show. And I'm sure these songs are going to be really enjoyable in the live setting, too. How do you see them kind of like interacting with each other in the live setting? I'm sure you'll be thinking about how to construct a set list. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, songs from listening to songs on a record can be quite different than when you're playing yeah. them live. So, like, we obviously want to keep the energy up and... Um, provide like a new experience for the audience in the live show um so there are definitely some you know again is like a heavier kind of harder song yeah. which is kind of nice after um something like don't wake up wake up or or on and totally. on so i think we're able to kind of weave them in and out and um i could I, see like a nice yeah. flow happening yeah you know, yeah exactly. with like peaks and valleys nice there peaks and valleys <laughs> there yes. we go well, very much looking forward to seeing no swoon live again sometime soon with songs from the new record and the old record as well 
before we move on to the next part, Zach, I wanted to ask you specifically, it's been so cool to see uh, how involved you've been with the union of musicians and allied workers. You've really like, like gone in like head first into getting involved with them and advocating for musicians, especially against uh, Spotify and different streaming services that clearly underpay and underappreciate artists. I'm curious about how you wound up getting involved with them and just tell us a little bit about the work you've been doing with uh, the union. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my involvement with them started with one of our zines. Uh, we, we interviewed uh, an organizer with uh, the union for our second zine. Um, and they were sort of on, on my radar. Um, I have like done union work and union organizing in the past and uh, have, have always sort of longed to see a sort of freelance musicians union forum. Um, so I, I was really inspired by this by this interview and, and the feature we did on them for, for our zine and decided to sort of dip my toe in and join some meetings and, and see what it's all about. And, you know, what I found was a, a really incredible and inspiring group of musicians who are, you know, doing the work and and trying to make this music industry a more, uh, you know, accessible and, and equitable space. Uh, and, you know, that, that work looks like a, a lot of different things. I think the, the sort of Hallmark campaign up to this point has been this Justice at Spotify campaign, uh, which basically says that, you know, Daniel Eck shouldn't be a billionaire when musicians uh, can't pay rent. Um, yeah. And, but, you know, it's also talking about what are, uh, you know, minimums for a, a local venue, what, what should be covered on, on touring expenses, what are contracts like with labels, uh, what role does, um, you know, musicians play in building safe space and venues play in building safe space and, what does access look like for people of different race? Uh, what does you know inherited wealth impact the the music industry? So I think Yuma is really trying to take a, a, a holistic view of sort of the the issues of our industry and in the world that we're all working in, and and trying to um, create power of the working class musicians to sort of right those wrongs and and carve out um, a, a new possibility for what. Uh, this industry should and, and, and could look like. Totally. Super important work. And what, do you, what could people like, say, someone, you know, who is a, not a musician, someone who uses Spotify, consumes music in other ways, what can they do to kind of help this, this cause? Yeah, I, I, I sort of have two, two answers to that. One is always buying merch. Like, yeah. That there's just no better way to support an independent artist than buying the record, going to the show, buying the T-shirt, um, whatever, uh, and you know, consuming the music in, in in that way. And the second, I I would urge people to sort of think critically about you know where they're finding music, and and you know, a lot of these these worlds are are pretty siloed and, and insular, um, you know. The, the label head went to college with somebody who formed a band and now they're on the label. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different people making music 
Um, and in order to, to have the diversity, it, it requires a listenership that, you know, maybe looks under a different rock occasionally for, for new things and, you know, doesn't necessarily just take the, the gospel of uh, a couple websites. and Totally. That's so, so important to be, I'd say, an active listener and seeking out new places to listen to different artists. Yeah. But that that's really cool. I was so, you know, it's been inspiring to see the the great work you're you're doing with them. And it's important because that message, you know, needs to be out there for people to know, I guess, where musicians stand on the issue on on the these issues and what people can do to, you know, be a good music fan. So it's good for sure. All right, now we're going to play some songs from Take Your Time. We're going to play the first three tracks. Take Your Time, Again, and Beside. And then we're going to skip ahead to track five, which is Wait to See. I will let you be 
just heard four awesome tracks from No Swoon's new record, Take Your Time. We heard the title track, Take Your Time. We heard again, Beside and Wait to See. You can get the album at noswoon.bandcamp.com. All right. So, Zach and Tasha, you picked five awesome records, and we're going to talk about them. Starting with Perfume Genius, the song (sighs) Nothing at All from Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about why you selected this album and song. Yeah. Oh, man. When this record came out, it was during the pandemic, and I'd say it's probably the record that got me through the pandemic. Um, I was so addicted to it. It's just such a beautiful, cool record that I haven't really heard before. And Perfume Genius always has amazing uh, records. But this one in particular, I think, really combined this intimacy, but also had some like new kind of like rough guitar work that I haven't heard before from yeah. him. Um, and then just in this song in particular, it just like, you just float with it. There are moments that just, I don't know, just lifted me up in a sense. And it's just so beautiful and interesting. His melodies are so interesting, um, and odd, but also beautiful. Um, and this record had a a pretty big impact on, on our record as well. It was definitely an inspiration. I feel like the next one, too, when I was listening to every song you selected, and I particularly hadn't listened to this album in a, in a little while, All Mirrors by Angel Olsen, and you picked the song New Love Cassette. I felt like this song kind of had a similar mood and vibe to this uh, new No Swoon record. I think all of the uh, the songs we picked were just like what we were listening to a ton yeah. during the last couple of years. Uh, so I think inevitably they worked their way in there via, you know, different methods. Yeah. Also, John Congleton uh, just makes things sound really cool. Yeah. And so does Blake Mills. So we'd love to work with um, both of you if you're listening, even though you're not. <laughs> no swoon band at gmail.com. <laughs> Hit that inbox up. But only if you're Blake Mills or John Congleton. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else, it's going to spam. It's going straight to spam. <laughs> Next, No One's Easy to Love by Sharon Van Etten off of Remind Me Tomorrow. Yeah, that was another one we were listening to a ton. Um, 
and uh, yeah, definitely pulled from this record. And, and this was another one of those records where I feel like I hadn't really heard something like it before. Um, and it was very different for Sharon as well. It's Sharon, like I know her. I don't know her. <laughs> Sharon Bennett. We Instagrammed um, once. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Went out of your coffee shop. She came into my coffee shop, that's, ordered the coffee. That's right. Yeah. So we know Sharon. Sure. Yeah. Sharon can also email us. <laughs> yeah. That you will not, your email will not go to spam at no swoon <laughs> at, at gmail.com. Wait, right. what, what did you get? Did you talk to her at, at the coffee shop? Like, were you like, hey, I'm a, I'm a fan or whatever, you know? Uh, so I, I worked at this coffee shop in the Upper West Side on. Uh, Columbus and 68th and its proximity to Lincoln Center and sort of its area a lot of people came in and I became very good at navigating the conversation yeah with people in like whatever 10 seconds that I had to to talk with you that's to like a skill that's a skill to figure out like <laughs> what you do and to like say something meaningful about it and also, you know, this like mostly bankers and yoga moms. So if you yeah. look not like a banker or a yoga mom, I'm like, oh, I want to talk to you. You yeah. are clearly doing totally. something cool. <laughs> uh, so she came in and um, I forget exactly what I said, but I was like, uh, oh, are, are you a musician? And I think I like knew who she was. <laughs> of course but, you did. <laughs> but she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. What's your project? <laughs> she was like. It's me. So yeah, it's under my name, uh, Sharon Bennett, and I was like, "Ah, oh, cool." That's kind of what I thought, and I was like, "I, I really loved your your last record." Um, you know, I probably I don't maybe said something else, and uh, she was like, "Oh, thanks so much," and I don't know. There's a line, so she had to go, and then we Instagrammed her, and I was like, "Hey, it was nice to meet you." Probably asked some stupid question about something on the record, <laughs> uh, but she responded, and you know, yeah. we've That's been amazing. best friends ever since. <laughs> yeah. Tasha, Zach, and Sharon Bannett. And <laughs> I like <a> trio. it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm all about that. It's funny because I remember I'm like, I need to develop uh, Zach's uh, skills at interacting with people I admire because I just pretend it's like, oh, I don't know you. I saw um, <laughs> Ira and Georgia of Yola Tango at the Toronto airport one time. And oh, it's wow. like this small airport. I don't know if you've ever flown out of that airport before, but they have like a big real airport. And then there's like a small one near the city where you can like fly from New York to Toronto. And I was with some friends of mine who didn't know who Yola Tango was. And I was like, oh, this, you know, like I told my my wife, because she recognized them like, oh, yeah, that's Ira in Georgia. And then she told everyone else and everyone else was like, oh, those people are some band that Tom likes or something. <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't nice. i didn't disturb them though they were kind of just like sitting and it's like all right i'll see you in, we, in the future we, we went to uh philadelphia yeah. to see radiohead because oh, we couldn't yeah. get tickets to a new york show that's right and yeah uh we were going out to breakfast in the morning got in the the hotel elevator and it goes down one floor Oh my gosh. I'm like Johnny... I'm like waiting on bated bated breath here. I know. I think I know it's gonna be Johnny Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood <laughs> yep. and his wife and his son come in. Yeah. And I mean it's like it's very obvious why we're in Philadelphia. Tasha's wearing like a Love and Rockets yeah. t shirt. Yeah. Uh and, and 
it's just so blatantly obvious that he does not want us to engage. <laughs> just well, every like fiber of his body is like, don't say something, don't say something. <laughs> <laughs> right, <I could> feel <laughs> it. And also, Zach will deny this, but I know we were talking about something and when the doors open, and I think I was looking down at my phone trying to find like a, I don't know, coffee shop or something. And Zach just stops talking, like gets quiet. And I'm like, what? So I look up and then I'm like, oh, okay. I understand what's going on. And I like try to like talk to Zach about the coffee shop still. And he just won't answer me. I did answer. No, Tasha didn't. just didn't hear me. No, you didn't. He was just starstruck. You were just starstruck. I was starstruck me. too. It's true. Uh, we're all a little starstruck. It's okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Sharon Van Etten, No One's Easy to Love. Any final thoughts on this? Because we got a little off track on two <laughs> celeb sightings, uh, indie rock celeb sightings. Right. It's another John Congleton banger. Yeah. He's, he's known to put out bangers. Next, <laughs> Black Cat by Broadcast off of their 2005 album, Tender Buttons. Very hypnotic song. A favorite of mine by this band. So good selection. Yeah, I love Broadcast. Yeah. Just so, so cool. Um, would have really loved to see them play. Such a, such a tragic story. And sad. Yeah, I know. Won't have the chance. But uh, yeah. I've been listening to the music for a long time and just really, really love it. And last but not least, Beach House, Dark Spring off of Seven. Have you had a chance to listen to this epic new Beach House record yet? And what do you think? Not not Seven, the one that just came out. I didn't get it yet. Um, and I haven't really listened to it yet, but I, I know I will. But I think it's okay. You know, and you know us, Tom. We're Beach House stands. Like, of course I know, you're Beach House, beach house track pets, in there. yeah. I gotta say, this it was not my favorite. I think it was really cool yeah. the way that they put it out, kind of this like, and the videos were super awesome. But I don't know, it was a was wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's kind of bound to happen when you put out so many good records. I feel right, like right. Yeah, their hit rate so and, far uh, has been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're batting like eight hundred right now. I think to make a baseball <laughs> analogy. But um, this con, you see this Kanye collab too. I'm kind of like yeah. not yeah. into Kanye these days, you know. So, but that's interesting. Very curious. But tell me a little bit about Dark Spring and Seven, though. Why'd you pick that? Oh well, uh, again, we just pretty much love. I was about to say all of what Beach House does. Maybe not so true now, but really loved <laughs> yeah. this album um 
Well, let me just say too. They, I think they, I think we read an article about them going about their newest record um, very differently, and I think it's really cool the way they did it. It's probably just not my personal taste because I just love like Depression Cherry and this album seven so much. So I don't want to give them too much of a hard time. Um, they can also email us. Yeah, they can yeah. also email us. <laughs> it's going to go straight we, we will to allow. the top of the inbox. No <laughs> spam right. filter on Beach <laughs> email, which is probably beachhouse at gmail.com. Yeah. We had a, a short-lived Instagram campaign to try to join their tour, but yeah, it didn't failed. But, um, but this track, um, I think it's the first track off the record is, I don't know, again, just like very cool sounds. It's kind of a classic beach house but again i think they had worked with a different producer for this one and um the whole ending opens up to this like super cool crowdy like jam out yeah i just i love the way the song progresses and as you said kind of not meditative but kind of has that bit of a vibe to it um which i think probably uh is very um, well, I, my brain just stopped, guys. My brain just stopped. <laughs> Full on stopped. Oh, yeah. COVID, COVID uh, brain fog is real. Right. Uh, with, I'm trying yeah. to say, I think Beside really reflects um, bits of that song as well. That's it. That's what I was trying to say. Beside's <laughs> an awesome Sick. song. I love Beside. Thank you. Tasha and Zach of No Swoon, my friends, so great to see and speak to you after way too long. Everyone, the new album by No Swoon is called Take Your Time, but don't take your time getting this album. Go immediately to noswoon.bandcamp.com and order it on limited edition cassette tape. So, Tasha and Zach, you have a residency in May at the Silver Lake Lounge. Yeah, I I was pumped to see that when that original residency was scheduled, you had a lot of cool L.A. bands that I like, like Mo Dotti, and I think Dummy was going to play one, too. So that's cool. Those are all good bands. Yeah. Yeah, great bands. I think most of them are still going to be able to play the May residency as far as we know. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. But yeah, lots of really, really cool bands every Wednesday. For a whole month. Every For Wednesday month. in May. <laughs> See you there, West Coast. <laughs> yeah, great way to kick off the spring or wrap up spring because isn't spring when summer start? I don't know. But everybody <laughs> go. Every Wednesday, run to Silver Lake Lounge, which I assume is in the Silver Lake neighborhood of Los Angeles. (laughs) Tasha and Zach, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to seeing you either in LA or New York City very soon. Do you think you'll make it out to New York to play some shows this year? I don't know. I hope so. It'd be really, really fun to see everybody in play out there. No plans yet. TBD. 
TBD, everybody. Stay tuned. <laughs> Noswoon.bandcamp.com and also on Instagram. No swoon. Thank you both so, so much. Thanks, Thanks Tom. Tom. Great to chat. Great to see you. We're going to play one final song before we end the episode. We're going to play the final track on Take Your Time. This is called I Know You Know. Thank you.